Welcome to the church of J.C. Best. Bow your heads and... Yo, F this church lady is. Drop the beat. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. They can make you slap somebody. Wrong with y'all. You niggas are crazy. Bow your heads and roll your blocks. Let the church say amen. Greetings, brothers and sisters. Please bow your heads and let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you now, God, so thankful uh, that you brought us here to film uh, another week. Uh, I was told uh, by my friends that it is entertaining, uh, but not realistic the way that I talk to you in my prayers. And God, I should probably um, just recant um, when I was a, a married man struggling with homosexual desires. Some of the things that you and I talked about at that time were truly, um, I guess, to them, off limits. But the type of relationship we have, I just feel like you're my dog. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you know everything anyway, so what I'm fitting to do? Lie? <laughs> Be fake? <laughs> Fuck that. I'm talking to you like you're my homie because I don't really know any other way, and I've always done this, and I'm going to continue to do so. So um, I appreciate the fact that through all of this searching, um, you have not killed me yet. For some reason, I feel like um, you're going to strike me down. That, that, isn't that crazy that that's still inside of me after all of these years? I mean, I, I fear you like a, an old white man with a stick, and you're going to point it towards me, and I'm going to get electrocuted, and, and, and that's it. I mean, that, that, those are the thoughts I have sometimes. Um, but you haven't done that yet. So thank you for that. Um, I want to go ahead and pray for my family, um, you know, my, my father, uh, who I am currently estranged from. Um, I had a feeling this past week that I don't want to be estranged from him. Um, I know that's weird, because uh, I usually don't fuck with that nigga, but that's who you gave me. Right? Like, as a dad, that's who you gave me. And I just had this weird feeling that I don't want to be estranged from him anymore. So I asked that you would give me the strength to reach out to him and, and talk to him. And I don't know. Who knows what will happen? I asked that you bless my family. Um, you know, my family is hood as hell. Uh, and I'm a product of this, so I don't judge them or look down upon them. I'm sorry, I do judge them. Uh, but I can't look down on them because I'm them. They me. We the same, you know? And I just ask that you would continue to look down upon us and help us in the ways that we are weak. 
Um, I ask that you would bless this show. Um, today we have a really, really special guest on that um, I believe uh, can provide a lot of insight. Um, you know, and I, I ask that you would bless the conversation and help it to help people who might be struggling or have experienced some of the things that we're going to talk about. I ask that you would bless my co-host. Um, I really, really love my co-host, Chewy God, and uh, uh, she brightens up my day a lot. She don't really respond to my texts, you know, or, or share any of the posts um, that we do, but um, outside of that, she really is probably one of the best people I do know. I ask that you would help her to continue to get funny and, um, you know, bless her career, whatever the future holds for her. You know, she bags a lot of bitches or whatever, help her, you know, find somebody to settle down with. And I say you would just bless this show, man, help it to be successful, help it to help people out there, the seven, eight people who still tune in. Uh, I ask that you would bless me, help me to do good work, not only to entertain, but to really touch people. That's ultimately why we're here, right? Um, and I just ask that you would clear up any negative energy that I might have with people. It seems like I got beef with a lot of people, and that's, I, I don't even know how. Like, I don't even give a fuck about people. So how do I have beef with them? I don't know, God, but I ask that you would heal those relationships um, that need to be healed. Um, and with all of this being said, I'm ready to get started. So I ask all of these things in Jesus Christ, because we haven't replaced him yet, his name, um, and in all of these things we pray in his name, amen. And we are Back, praise God, Amen. Can I get an Amen? Amen. Can I get an Amen? Indeed. We are back with Amen with JC Best. Mm -hmm. I'm your esteemed pastor, JC Best, and the backbone of this show is back again with me, Miss Chewy May. How hello, are you, my hello. dear? Good. How are you, sir? Good to see you, man. Good to see you as well. I, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you. We don't see each other during the week. It's really just on the show. It is sad. Yeah, it is sad. Yes. And I want to see you more like doing stand up. Yeah. You know, I want to see you back, bitches. I'm trying. <laughs> you know, I prayed for you. Uh, I, I appreciate that prayer. And that was honest. You know, I think we all should find somebody. Yes. You know, but I can listen. Let me get more detail with my prayers. Okay. You want what? If, if in an ideal situation, if you could ask God for any. Uh, any qualities in a, in a bitch, what would they be in an ideal situation? In an ideal situation, qualities yes. I would have in a bitch, um, <laughs> besides like the obvious thick and bad. Um, you like him bad and bougie and thick? Bad, bougie, and thick. Okay. Um, God, you listening? We, we want a big bitch, all right. Not like, not like big, big, but like thick. thick. Like yeah. T H I C C. Yeah. Got yeah, it. Not, yeah. Okay, you want her thick? I want her thick. I want her to be like. I like a hot femme chick that doesn't mind, doesn't do it all the time, but doesn't mind double lunch days. Uh, okay. You know? You gotta specify that, you know? I'm not with all the gay lingo, all the homosexual oh, double, lingo. Can you please. Double lunch days is what it sounds like for thick 
for bigger people is a, a double two, lunch day. two lunches <laughs> in one day. Okay, wait. Now, okay, so you're dealing with black bitches? Uh, I deal with women of color. You deal with women of color. Okay, so you're not into white, uh, gay women. That's uh, not your thing. I've done them. Right, right. But they're, no. You feel like you're being oppressed when you fuck a white chick? Because, like, I, I like what a woman tells me what to do. Right. But if I, Ooh, if a I, white woman tells me what to do, I feel, like, then I feel like the soul of my ancestor is coming on to me. Nice. Like, Fuck you, white devil. Nice. Never. I see. Chewy, listen, d- don't be afraid to explore that. White women? I mean, like, j- just, just racial, anything, you know, whatever it is that you have an issue with, explore that in the sexual, the confines I mean, of sexuality, and that might work some things out on I, the outside. Last white one I was with was an actual friend of mine. Okay. And she, uh, the, the touring troupe she was with got her hotel room and we did it because we were bored. Okay. I liked it. I really liked it only because she made dolphin sounds whenever she climaxed and that, okay. that amused me. That's hot. Dolphin sound. Dolphin sound? I don't even know. What does the dolphin sound like? Like, like, like the high pitch, like, ee! Like, eee! Yeah. She so she, you <laughs> you was making this have a come and she eat that's the type of shit she was on mm. white motherfuckers let me tell you something they have there's no limits it's just free as a bird that's why I love fucking white people I really do I I really have no issues with fucking white people because they are just they just fucking just disgusting <laughs> they're filthy okay and I like a dolphin sound bitch you's a filthy bitch if you make dolphin sounds when you come but we fuck with you okay I like that my sister. Uh, is married to a white woman. Ooh. She is. Yeah, she snatched that uh, that 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 uh, that cornbread punani. And let me tell you something. That you know, I, I'm sure that their sexual chemistry is on point. Yeah, they're still together, right? I'm, oh, they, well, they just got married. Oh, they just got married. You know, they just got married. Interracial yeah. is the way to go. I resolved a lot of my issues with the white race through sex. Uh, I encourage our viewers, our patrons um, out there, if you should have, you know, any type of resentments towards, you know, white people for being supreme, uh, fuck them. You know, it'll make you feel much better. And I mean, blow they back out. So, like, okay? I should peg a white girl? Absolutely. Okay, I could try that. Absolutely. Do it for all the ones that we've lost, Trayvon Martin. Uh, you know, uh, what, what are some of the black people that we've lost? Eric uh, Garner, uh, Sandra Bland, Bland, fuck a white person. Mike Brown, yeah. Okay, Emmett Till, <laughs> you know, whatever you got to do. Uh, you know, I, I implore you to do that. It'll make you feel much better. Um, it's so good to see you, baby. Good to see you as well. Um, we've got a lot to uh, to discuss. God, the news and the politics is popping. Yes. You know, we, we want to... We, we want to say that there are secular answers, you know, for some of the issues that we face. But uh, so so far, I'm, I'm seeing nothing but us having to go to the good word, mm. you know, to resolve some of these issues. So what I want you to do, because I know you have a couple of very um, uh, poignant and, uh, you know, topics that are, like, happening right now. I want you to go over those, and we're going to see if we can find uh, what the Bible, what the Word of God says um, about these topics. So uh, this is a segment that we have, again, affectionately come to love called Chew on This. Yes. And Chewy, what do you got? All right. So what happened today was Oklahoma ruled against Johnson & Johnson forcing the company to pay $572 million 
in the first ruling in the United States holding a drug maker accountable for helping fuel the opio opioid academic. epidemic. Oh. Wow, I can't speak. Okay, epidemic. so let me just get this straight. The state of Oklahoma sued the private company, or Johnson Johnson is public, Yeah. Uh, stating that they had some basis of responsibility or accountability for the opioid yes. epidemic? because apparently what they were doing was they were pushing their sales reps to sell their pharmaceutical drugs, which contained opioids, uh, two doctors claiming that there was like a 2.6 risk of their drugs, doctors and and whatnot, and um, because causing of that, some sort of like um, uh, issue with uh, addiction. Yes, because yeah. 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 since rise from like 2000 to now, I believe was like a 50 percent rise of addictions and overdoses and deaths due to the opioid crisis. So what Oklahoma and this case was big because it is the first u.s ruling to hold a drug maker accountable right but in the grand scheme of things 572 million dollars was estimated for like the year cost of the opioid crisis but johnson and johnson's net worth is 366.3 billion dollars so they're so this is a drop in a bucket yeah it's a 0.15 percent of their net worth. But now this is my question. This is Oklahoma that yeah. is suing. If every state sued one of these pharmaceutical companies, that could cause, I mean, that could actually hit them where it hurts now. Now we're talking about serious money. It does. Is that, like, is, does Oklahoma speak for all of the states or can other well, states get in on this? I think the other states can get on, get on this because this is the first case that, like, is holding the drug makers accountable. And it's great and it's really good. But because the opioid epidemic is, is a big thing because so many people have died and whatnot. And, and it's great because now the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services are helping the victims and the families with treatments and counseling. So wait, 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 real quick, before you go any further, let me just say opioid epidemic yes. um, has affected uh, white teenagers and white whatever 20 somethings in long island yeah staten island yeah you know new rochelle you know yonkers and fucking crap cities like that and you know wherever else mm -hmm. um oh I, you know what you might even probably be trying to get to this point yes you know where i'm going with this yes okay because in 1986 uh, -huh. uh a basketball player from the Uni university of maryland len bias died of an overdose of crack cocaine and how the United States reacted to that crack cocaine was start a war on drugs and it started the Anti-Drug Abuse Act oh, which, yeah. is not, which is not like what U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is doing now. Oh yeah. What anti-drug abuse did is instead of counseling and treating people they imprisoned people the minimum s sentence for people that possess crack and cocaine is five years in prison and a lifetime of the branded of a felon. And that was minimum. Yeah, and that's the first offense. Listen, Nancy Reagan was like, we got to get these niggas off the streets. And it was open season. I mean, you could have had a crack rock or you could have been, you know, freeway Ricky Ross. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The real motherfucker. If you were selling cocaine crack back in the day and mostly, you know, race related, you was going down. I yeah. mean, your life was ruined in yeah. this car. But now... They only... 
got this drug maker for 0.15% of their net worth, not even imprisoning anybody. But in 1986, like, even now, mass incarceration, imprisoning anybody with even, like, a couple of grams of cocaine, crack cocaine? No, it doesn't happen. They go to, well, well even now... They go pe- to prison. Well, well, wait a minute. I thought that Obama, before he left office, he relaxed the yes, laws. Yes, he did relax the laws a little bit, but... The effects of the 1986 Anti-Drug Abuse Act is that he relaxed the laws now, but the people that were imprisoned for possession are still labeled as felons. Listen, right now, if you are one of these kids in Staten Island who's getting fucking hooked on this shit, um, they send you to rehab, you know, counseling, you know, all types. I got friends who have sisters and brothers. I don't really know any heroin addicts currently. You know, outside of like Artie Lang or whatever, um, but these motherfuckers are, you know, they 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 getting like coddled. They're not being treated like niggas was being treated in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, there, there's like back in the day, even now people use terms like crackhead, crack whore, um, cr- and crack addict. Nobody's having these terms for these opioid people. Nobody's calling these opioid people like junkies or. O- opioid whores, right? But like, crack whores is still a thing because that's not affecting like their niece Becky or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. Listen, this is the bottom line, okay, um, black people. If you want equality, you know, in this country, you have to be four or five or six or seven times more proficient and better than your white counterparts, okay? It's not happening for you. All of this time, you, you, you know, well, what, what are you doing? What you asking to be treated equal? For what? It's not going to happen, okay? So you either going to be better than them or we got to start shooting motherfuckers up. Who's finna do it? You finna pull that trigger, you mean? Couple congressmen you want to take out, you know what I'm saying? Some senators you ain't fuck with. Because if you ain't bold enough to do that, you know, you might as well just take these L's one after the other. You know what I'm saying? But you're not finna get treated like a person. You know, you won't cry. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean? Or, <sighs> or heroin. I mean, yeah. either way. But black people really don't do heroin. No, but like... Yeah. Maybe y'all should switch to... Listen, here's an uh, idea, uh, crackheads. Switch to heroin. Okay? Maybe that'll, you know, garner you some... Uh, U.S. Uh, Department of Health Services. Empathy. Yeah. <laughs> Is there going to be a term for these opioid people? Because there was a term for crack addicts back in the day. Crackheads. Yeah. So should we need be like a, a term for heroin? What what could we uh, fucking um, call heroin addicts? I don't know. Um, uh, they sleep a lot. I don't know. What 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 would like, you call? I'm 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 drawing a, a, a blank. Uh, I'm also drawing. I get like. Um. Oil. I don't, I don't know. know. We, uh, we don't know. We don't write know. Write in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Write, write in and let us know what you think we can call for. Because we would. We need to have like a heroin, uh, a heroin head name. That would be really good. Yeah. yeah. Similar to like, yeah. Uh, that was very good. That was a good shoe on this. Um, I'm really excited. Speaking of heroin, I am really excited 
for our special guest today. And yes. that could that's a double entendre because heroin has something to do with like a female hero or something. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, it that's does. That's right. So the, you Yeah, see, so she is a heroine. The, there you but go. Not and on she heroin. She also may or may not take heroin. Yeah. Is, we, 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 we don't drug test here. We, we don't drug, we don't test, drug not test. Not anymore. Um, but this is actually one of my favorite comedians. I, uh, I came up with uh, with uh, our special guest today. Nice. Uh, she has passed me three or four times over on the track, if you will. Uh, she's an internationally touring comedian uh, who has been on um, stations such as MSNBC, CNN, mm -hmm. Headline News, nigga, uh, Huffington Post Live, uh, and she, uh, you know, at least in our community, was a big part of the beginning of the, the conversation on cult abuse. Oh. Uh, yeah, she was an attendee of the Institute of Basic Life Principles. Have you heard of this? No, I'm excited to learn about there it. There are so many cults. I mean, listen, I come from a, people would say, a cultish background. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been on a search the last few weeks. We've been, uh, I've been a little depressed. You know, and Jesus, I don't know if he's heard my prayers the way I need him to. So we've been exploring different options. You know, we had a Satanist on last week. Okay. I yeah. thought that was very interesting. Yes, it was. And today we have, you know, a cult survivor. But who knows? Some of the shit she might cult say. survivor or still a cult leader. I, I might jump right back into the cult. Depending on what she say, who knows? You know, I've read up on some things. I, I fuck with some of the things they was doing. Yeah. You know, I really do. And so, her juice is delicious. Exactly, exactly. And so we are, uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic uh, to have our special guest on today. Me too. And, uh, and we are going to grill her about her experiences and what's going on now. And maybe she can help, um, you know, make some sense out of this. Yes. Today on Amen with JC Best, we have Brooke Arnold. Like I promised, she's here. Brooke Arnold, welcome, Hi. my dear. Hello, welcome. Brooke Arnold. Hi. Hi. So excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much for uh, for yeah. coming around. Brooke, Thanks. you are, uh, God, you're so interesting. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I wish straight guys agreed with you about that. Oh, <laughs> hold up. Now, when people say that you're interesting, that can mean that could go a number of yeah. ways. Depending on your tone, I guess. I suppose, but I meant it genuinely. Yeah, like you're interesting, not like oh, you're I interesting. Oh, I took it as a compliment. Oh, I just for wish sure. Other people felt that way. Really? Mm. Yeah. People that you had a chance of fucking. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. You know. Do like, you fuck black? Black? I haven't. You, have you haven't? Now, Brooke, for all of your tolerance and openness, I, I, how come you haven't fucking tried the big black dick? Well, if I'm scared, honestly. Okay, well then that's the truth. So what do you fuck I'm predominantly? Scared. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared. Have you, you fucked know? Asians? No. It's a oh. whole lot of shit, bro. Okay, Brooke, this ain't a good start. This ain't <laughs> a good start. <laughs> what do you fuck normally? I love how I'm being... No, myself! Oh, shit, <laughs> myself! Like a normal person. A normal person We cannot them. start attacking our guests. <laughs> sorry, okay, sorry. Sexual preference. You can fuck anybody you want, yeah. bro. Mostly myself. Uh, do you, like, in front of a mirror when you see eye contact? <laughs> no, but I think about standing ovations. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's what gets me off. <laughs> Brooke, what does Bill 
Gothard mean to you? What does that name mean to you? Oh, wow. Well, that, went, that was quick. <laughs> mm -hmm. We go left real fast. Uh, yeah. uh, so Bill Gothard is this evangelist, this... Uh, uh, Bill Gothard's a minister, I guess, who in the 1960s, he started this seminar called the Basic Seminar, and he he was, like, filling up arenas. Okay. Oh. So, like, he was so huge that, like, when Elvis went on his comeback tour in 1978, yeah. Bill Gothard was performing at the same venues as Elvis. Really? Oh. In 1993, when Nirvana went on their In Utero tour, mm -hmm. Bill Gothard was performing at the same arenas as nirvana like wow. he was so what was the name of his church huge the institute and in basic life principles okay interesting that sounds like the shit tom cruise and fucking <laughs> will yeah. smith and jamie fox did. they always give it an innocuous name it's yeah. Like, you know, yeah you know it's a cult if the name is really boring <laughs> yeah oh and you claim and so you and that this is why i love you okay so do other people say it's a cult mm -hmm. or do you say it's a cult what, what what's the consensus yeah. publicly Publicly, about this publicly I think the consensus is yes, definitely of the people who are uh, who are who were in it. Okay, we I think we agree. So, if you if you guys don't know this, if you grow up in a cult, funny yeah. thing, you end up in a lot of private Facebook groups. Hilarious. Of people who also grew up in cults. Right. They're very depressing. Right. Almost as depressing as the Facebook groups I'm in for all female comics. Oh, right. <laughs> well, we know that's depressing. But those Does are, anyone ever those, make anyone laugh? Those, those are, groups? no, no, those are worse. <laughs> the, people laugh occasionally in the cult survivor <laughs> groups. Occasionally right. we're just like, ha, 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 ha. Lady, lady comics groups, it's just like, oh, yeah. Jason is funny terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, that. of that. A lot of that. <laughs> what makes it? A cult and not a religion. That's a great, great question. question. That's a really hard to answer. Mm. I would say for me, the the difference is like you have a presently alive, charismatic leader mm -hmm. who's who's the the teachings and the beliefs change with that person. So it's I, I, to me, it's centered on a, a human being rather than an institution, right? So all the all the church, all the religions, like the Christ, Christianity, started as a cult, right? If you're if you're Saint Paul. And you're following Jesus, you're in a cult. Mm. Right. But two thousand years later, you're part of an institutionalized religion. Wow. Whereas if you're you're listening to Mr. Gothard, and Mr. Gothard sends you a, uh, so we would get a newsletter from him every month, and he would tell us all what we need to do, that like what you could eat, what time you had to get up, oh. you know, all those things. This sounds that's it's familiar. It, it's culty. You so know? Yeah. it's culty. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like. A pastor of a regular church doesn't tell you what time to get up, and he doesn't tell you how many times to have sex with your wife that month. But Mr. Gothard will definitely tell you that. Uh, I had uh, I grew up in a, a church it's called Worldwide Church of God. And oh, that's definitely a cult. Y you heard of Worldwide yeah, Church yeah. of God? Whoa! So our point because man, I'm really open about this. Whoa! Probably. And people reach out to me, so I've actually, I've actually talked to quite a few people from Worldwide Church Whoa. of God who've reached out to me and been like, I also grew up in a cult. Huge. I'm from Worldwide Church of God. Like, I've Holy had, I've had, I've had that crap. A couple of times. Okay, was, our point man was Herbert W. Armstrong. Okay, we were Sabbatarians, were, they are still. Um, Worldwide Church has, has broken up since then and into a lot of splinter groups, which I feel like these cults do. Like, mm -hmm. they, oh, yeah, absolutely. Be, because one guy gets taken down or something absolutely, happens and then yeah. something else comes up. So anyway, we were Sabbatarians, okay? So we kept the, the church on Saturday, uh, the Sabbath on Saturday, uh, instead of, you know, Sunday, which mm -hmm. is mainstream Christianity. When did you guys 
uh, when were you required to go to attend church services or temple or whatever it is that you had to? Uh, on Sundays, and we weren't allowed to eat on Sundays. Okay, so that's my first red flag with any type of church I hear about. If you go to church on Sunday, I call bullshit because I feel like the Bible says that uh, the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week. So not only are these cults bullshit, but um, I feel like if you're a true Christian church, you're not doing right anyway if you're going to church on Sunday. That, that's my opinion. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You say Sunday, so that means you observed Christmas growing up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Easter, all of that stuff? Mm -hmm. So then, But in different ways. So we, we, okay. we weren't allowed to do Easter eggs. Because okay. that was a pagan thing. Okay. Got it. So, we, oh, so you did recognize pagan stuff. Right. So we weren't allowed to do Christmas in a, in a traditional way. Okay. Got it. We weren't allowed to do Easter in a traditional way. So we didn't have like Easter eggs. We didn't have Christmas like trees and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That was right. considered too pagan. What did you do? Well, for Easter, what we would do is we would go to church and our pastor would give a speech or speech. Sermon. Give a ser pastor would give yeah. a sermon, yeah. rather. Yeah, yeah. Same shit. TED Talk. What happens to what happens to a body medically when it's crucified? Oh shit! Mm. And you were a child at this time. Yeah, and so was that jarring for you? And dramatic? the same shit. Incredibly, incredibly. This is really it, far it, out. It, it kind of it kind of mounts to this point where Pastor Dennis, that was his name, Pastor yeah. Dennis, would be like he would start beating his he was like banging his fist on the pulpit. Okay, and he would be like, and then Jesus's heart exploded. Yeah. His heart exploded yeah. because of you, you yeah. know, like yes. that, that's the idea is that the heart gets so overwhelmed yes. Yes. by the physical process of crucifixion mm -hmm. that the heart just kind of explodes. Yeah. And so it was very much like graphic. Like, yeah, yeah, graphic. And this was what we did for Easter. So rather wow. than like, yeah. like, rather than like getting an Easter basket or Passover. eggs, yeah. you would sit there and you would be like, yeah, yeah. and Jesus's heart exploded. Yeah. It's my fault. Yeah, we were, we, we were, I remember sermons of like scientific explanations on uh, the the blood because Jesus was cr you know mm -hmm. like crying blood or sweating oh, yeah. blood whatever, and they would give scientific explanations on yeah. how that happened and yes. what type of state he was in you know mm -hmm. because of the crucifixion holy shit okay yeah. so all right you worshipped this man Bill Gothard <sighs> yes and no yes and no was so he an apostle he he was considered a prophet. Okay. Mm. He was considered especially <coughs> chosen by God to have this particular teachings and these. He had this new. So he his his whole uh, marketing scheme is a new approach to life, right? Mm. So you have this like growing this growing movement of fundamentalism in the United States, yes, which is a direct response to the counterculture movement of the 1960s, right? Got it. Yes. So you look at the 1960s, right? There's a feminist movement. There's a black rights movement. There's uh, you, there's the income. There's like an anti-war movement. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's the increase of psychedelia. Yeah. There's yep. the yep. rock and roll. Mm -hmm. There's this entire countercultural movement. Yep. He's saying we can do things differently. What inevitably happens when you have a counterculture movement is that there's a counter counterculture counter -culture movement, yes. right? And Bill Gothard is very much at the start of that. So he got his whole start by saying rock music is evil, yes, and jeans are evil, and long hair is evil, and facial hair is and evil. And people started following And so he, yeah, he, he, started, he started off by being, don't let your kids grow up to be hippies. Okay. Right. You know, like, you don't want your kids to be hippies, yeah. so they should follow my teachings, and then it just ha. kind of snowballed from there into, into, a total, into a totalizing system of 
then your children also can't go to school. They can't do this. Of course, it always this. snowballs. Just, yes, snowballs. Chewy, do you remember last week when we had the Satanist on? He said that Satanism started as a result. It was a counter culture or counter counter culture movement. You know, like, against like Christianity. Yeah, he, he was saying that uh, like he was in response because I thought we we assumed that the hippies were, you know, accepted by the Satanists, and that was not the case. They no. he, they were like you know it was an anith anathema to them if you will i'm yeah. using big words today um you know but it's, it's, it's so similar that's so interesting because mm-hmm. this is a a pretty much a, a <coughs> new baby religion yeah. if you will and i mean if you if you think about it like you you're you're existing in a mo it exists in a moment in which american political and uh military hege- hegemony is mm. at its peak right mm-hmm. post world war Two, right mm-hmm. the united states is this un paralleled unstoppable empire right and simultaneously new media is happening right television is happening commercials are happening people are watching this is what it means to be america and it means to sleep in two separate beds to have a mother who works at home the impact of this right so the 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 the, yeah the 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 mutual things of america as this as this unstoppable empire and new media as this is what the american ideal is I think worked against this new opening up of what life could be, which is what the hippie movement or the counterculture movement was all about. It was saying, we're not into war, we're not into corporatism, we're not into capitalism, we're Mm -hmm. not into monogamy, we're going to do things a new way. Are you guys considered Baptists? Uh, So most uh, people who are members of the Institute of Basic Life Promotal, Institute of Basic Life Promotal, I'm so This is like my brain. This is my yeah. brain. The first time I ever called, the first time I ever called Bill Gothard, I like it's on film. It's a great, it's a great footage clip. I entered his phone number into my phone yeah. four times incorrectly because my my finger just oh shit. Wow. My, my finger was just like no no. Since no you finger, like my, my finger was just like. It can't, like, I have it. Yeah. I put it in, mm. wrong, I call, nothing. And I'm like, I got it wrong. And then I put it in again, it's wrong but again. It's like my brain was just like, I don't want to talk to him. Since you had that close relationship with Bill Gethard, were you high up in your cult? I never met him until last summer. Interesting. No, wait yeah. a minute, hold on. So, yeah. You Wait a minute. You stopped attending this church when? 1997, 1998. Okay. What made you d- decide to get out? So one of the things that you te- that they teach very yes. clearly. So the there's so the institute and in basic life principles. There are seven non-optional basic principles, and that's what the whole belief system is, is based, based on. Yeah. These seven principles. The second one, it's the most important principle. It's authority, and the mm. idea is that you need to be unquestioningly obedient to authority at all mm. times. Mm. And that God has placed particular people in authority over you. Like mm. your husband. Specifically, oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Specifically, if you're a woman, it's yes. your father and then your husband. That's mm-hmm. what so we the, taught as well. So what Mr. Gothard <laughs> teaches is that, what Mr. Gothard teaches is that God can't communicate to women directly. God only communicates to women through a father or oh. through a husband. Whoever your whoever your God appoint God appointed authority figure. I'm starting yes. to like this Bill Gothard. <laughs> I'm starting to like this Bill Gothard person. That'd be a good place to find a wife. Okay. So, so the idea is like like God, women can't communicate go, yeah. to God. You right. only can communicate through your dad or your husband. So wait, does that husband. mean you don't pray as a woman? 
You can pray, but like your father can intercede for you. So your father has a direct communication to God. When you? you're, what is happening with women's prayers in this church? The, I mean, I guess that's a good question, but I would say that like prayer really isn't that important. Really? In Gothardism, so the idea wow. is that you memorize Bible verses and you just repeat them in your mind. So the idea is that if you, if you have the right thoughts mm -hmm. in every moment, then God is able to bless you. Oh, so if you're obedient to if you're obedient to authority, mm -hmm. if you're relinquishing your personal rights, yes, it's it's called yielding your rights. Is how they is how they say that. If you're taking responsibility for every bad thing that you've done, then you're blessed by God, and God can do good things to you and through you. But if you're not doing that, then He can't. So prayer isn't really. It's all about having this right frame of mind rather than being able to communicate with God or talk to God. Like, the idea that we could talk to God wasn't really something that I was taught. It was really? that you think this, you think this, you think this, you do this. The, the, oh, you meet God's standard of being holy, and then God will bless you, and nothing bad can happen to you. So if you, if you meet all the requirements, you check all the boxes, God will bless you, nothing bad can happen to you. And if anything is going wrong in your mm -hmm. life... It's because you've disobeyed. How this long have you been part of the this organization? I was a part for 10 years from the time I was 7 to the time I was 17. Mm -hmm. And I've been out for about 20 years. Are you still communicative with your family? Or is your family still in it? Uh, no, they're not specifically in it anymore. Oh, did they leave after you? They were kicked out after I... Really? What makes yeah. you kicked out of the church? My brother had sex with a girl in the church who he was not betrothed to. Mm -hmm. So my whole family was kicked out after I left. Okay. Okay. And yeah. um, your family converted as adults. Mm -hmm. Do you do you know the story of like how why and how they converted? It's a, a great question. Do you have converted? Is that a thing? Do you do you get baptized and cuz we got baptized and then you were the Holy Spirit was allowed to, to enter you via, you know, baptized. I mean, it, it's a Christian cult, so it follows, like, the regular evangelical trajectory of accepting Jesus as your personal Savior and then being baptized. And then he appeal Mr. Gothard, like, preys on Christian evangelical churches, right? So he does his seminar at churches of people who are already Christians, they're already saved. Right. And he's like, if you want to have good children, if you want to have a good family, the way to do that is to be part of my thing. Mm. And so that's kind of like, so So you, we got saved and we got baptized prior to like being drawn into that milieu with Mr. Gothard. But to answer your question, I, 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 I don't talk to my parents, so I don't oh, really know what the answer to that question is. My, why? My, my why, under, why not? My under well hold on a second. My understanding from from what I know about their lives is that I, I think they were in a really bad economic place, mm. and I think they were really desperate for something. Mm -hmm. And I think that this just the thing about a cult. The really reason it's so appealing is you never have to make decisions for yourself. Everything, mm. is, oh, yes. everything is laid out for wow. you, right? Mm -hmm. So it, 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 it lets you go of that responsibility. You don't have to make decisions. You don't have to make choices. You don't have to decide whether what you're doing is right or whether what you're doing is wrong. That's mm -hmm. already decided for Whoa! you. Whoa! And I think that people, especially who are dealing with like really difficult 
economic, financial, material things they're drawn like my to parents yes. were. They're drawn to They that. need someone to help them. Yeah, yes. I think I think that's what it is. That's my guess, but I don't know for oh. sure. Now, that is, you kind of like really segued right naturally into a question I was going to ask. What kind of people are drawn to cults? Because this is de- this is definitely a thing. I've seen it with comedy cults, like Laughing Buddha, where you got like <laughs> a fucking, uh, just a, a group of people who are will do whatever they're told mm-hmm. by some fucking magistrate. You know, and they just little have they lose complete consciousness of making their own decisions or thinking, you know, for themselves. What kind of fucking person is drawn to a cult? Someone who's poor, that's it? No, no, that's not what I think. Mm. What I think is I think that we are the most propagandized population that's ever existed. The modern American culture, post-1950s, those of us who live in mass consumer, mass media culture, we're propagandized. From the moment they were born, we're told we're not good enough so that they can sell us a razor or a television show or mm-hmm. a book or a blanket or a t-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're wrong. You know what make you better? My t-shirt, my book, oh, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. my subs- the subscription to my life coaching. Like, what I'm the glad fuck you're bringing ever? this up because I got what merch coming ever? out <laughs> that, that I need ever. to talk to you all about. But we're we're told we're wrong and people have this solution to the problem, this product. And I think that's where cults... I think that it's not coincidental that the, the, the increase in cults in American culture completely coincides with the increase in consumerism and the mm-hmm. increase with like mass advertising, mass marketing, because people are told they're not good enough and so they need this solution. So rather than like, you know, like Kanye West being like, buy my Yeezy sneakers and you'll be as cool as I am, Bill Gothard's like, buy my homeschool program and you'll be holy like I am. It's the exact same oh, thing. Yeah. So you were homeschooled? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. There's a leg of... Uh, the church here instituted basic life principles from what I understand and read that was like a homeschool leg, leg and the, hum- the Duggars were belonged to this. Do you remember the Duggars? No. So there was a family, a Republican family. This is back in the day. This is before I even knew you know, about Brooke, really, and just the, her whole situation. And these motherfuckers um, were, you know, great, the most beautiful family. I think they had a TV show. It was yeah, like really, something with the Duggars. It was, they had a really successful TLC show. Really it was, successful. It was, it was like, well, I say really It was like the highest rated it show was. that TLC has ever had. And they were just like, it was like the, it's, like they're like, it's like the Big Bang Theory of of. TLC. Yeah, and they were just a family that was wholesome. They yeah. were so yeah. good, so holy, and they, you know, everyone was monogamous, and they're happy. Yeah. And it came out that one of the uh, stars of the show, or you know, one of the kids of the family, Matt Ducker, uh, was caught, I guess, molesting uh, younger underage girls. Four of them were his sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like national news, and I believe they belonged to your. They did. Cult. They did. Oh, they did. Did you know them be- before the show? Uh, I mean, I saw them at conferences. Oh, interesting. So we 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 would have an annual conference every year in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's called Knoxville, and we would go and we the Doug, Mr. Grother would always parade the Duggars out on stage because <coughs> ideal family. They were like <coughs> they an had example. so many children, right? Yes. So Mr. Grother would be like. 
don't you girls want to grow up to be like Michelle Duggar, who has 19 kids? Like right. this is the she's the most blessed by God, right? right. So the idea is that the the however the, this is like the quiverful idea is like how many children you have. Every child is a blessing from God. Mm -hmm. So how many children you have is a direct reflection on how blessed you are by God. So Mr. Gothard would always be like. Michelle's the most blessed because she has the most children. She's the right. best. So, like, you should just explain Quiverful to for the listeners. Her. Quiverful is it's a it's part of the Christian fundamentalist movement that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, it's specifically against any kind of birth control or any kind of attempt to prevent pregnancy in any way. Mm. So it doesn't just. It isn't you just, got to fuck it isn't wrong, just, it isn't, and you can't have no type of birth control. It isn't just yeah. It isn't just it isn't just anti-abortion. It's anti-condoms. It's anti-pill. It's anti any kind of anything to prevent being pregnant at all. In fact, it's a sin to even think I don't want to be pregnant. Like that's just, this is I was taught this like as a child like. Our pastor would, and Mr. Gothard would do the exact same thing. They'd pull aside all the women and they would say, who here doesn't want to have babies or who here feels overwhelmed by the amount of children they have? Yeah. And some poor woman who has nine children would raise her hand and be like, I feel really overwhelmed by the number of children that I have. Yeah. And then Mr. Gothard would tell them that they were evil and they were oh. sinful, that any any thought you know that it was a demon telling them yeah. that they shouldn't have children so the idea was that any any time you had a thought that isn't part of what god wants you to have or what mr gothard wants you to have it's a demon yes. talking to you oh i, I, I must say i do love raw fucking <laughs> okay but kids so i'm kind of this is like uh, i don't know how i feel about this uh, i also have a i think i don't think that being a part of the institute is the only way you can raw fuck right that is yes. true i've been out of but it for 20 years and i've you've been raw doing some raw all fucking the, well all the raw fucking i've done has been <laughs> since i've left for sure. oh, but i do have a, a question <laughs> word <laughs> yeah you you were talking about mr gothard but like was your heart ever in it? Like, do you actually mm. fully, truly believed his teaching? You must have. Of course I did. Oh, For it to impact your life in this way. Of course I did. I mean, I was seven years old. Yeah. I, your parents are the people that you're supposed to be able to trust. Of course yeah. I believed them when they told me Absolutely. that was true. Like, what other option did I have? You know, right. like, you just, you don't, you don't have that cognitive dissonance at that age to be able to say, like, this isn't true, this isn't real. You're seven years old, that's still the age that you believe in magic. That's true. still the age right. that you believe in all these other things. And, and your parents come along and they say, like, God is real and demons are real and there's demons in your Cabbage Patch Kids and there's demons in television, there's, de you know, and, yeah. like, angels are real and you believe them because... You want to believe so, them. It's like, so it's so it's such a difficult. It, the hardest thing ever is to, is to come to the point where you say, "My parents lied to me." That's that's such a difficult. I think we can say my parents mistreated me. My parents didn't think about me, but like mm -hmm. my parents actively lied to me and deluded me intentionally. Minute, about is points. it possible like, that they didn't lie? That they believed it too? I don't think they did. But that's so sad to hear. And let me not get emotional because this is not an emotional. <laughs> sorry, you know, sorry. This is not an emotional show. <laughs> although we do cry every week, yeah. or some way or another. But <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, this is a safe place to cry. Uh, but the, 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 you believe your parents lied to you. But I can, like, I can say, my mother, for example, she wholeheartedly believed. In you know the worldwide church of God, and she she was a former drug addict, and she needed something. Mm -hmm. You know that's why it spoke so powerful that you said that she needed something to grow. And let me tell you something: it gave her discipline. Mm 
Mm -hmm. It gave her, you know, uh, some sort of concrete, like, this is how I should live my life. You know, it, it, it helped her in a yeah. weird way, in a weird fucked up way. Mm -hmm. So is it possible that maybe your parents didn't lie to you, but rather they really got swept up in everything that you're talking about? I don't think so. Why? Why don't you think so? Because I used to believe that. I used to believe that they just got swept up. Mm -hmm. And then after I started talking about this publicly, specifically after the Josh Duggar scandal, mm -hmm. yeah. um, I wrote this article for Salon, right? I mm -hmm. remember that and article. I, ar I argued that... Mr. It went viral. Yeah, yeah. I argued that Mr. Gothard's teachings are, are rape culture, right? If you deny a woman the ability to say when she can have children and when she can't have children, who should have access to her body, right? If you can't tell your husband, he can't fuck me, you can't fuck me right now, right? You're not allowed to, to say no to sex with your husband. You're creating a situation in which women are inevitably going to be abused because their yes. bodies, aren't, their bodies aren't valued at all. That's the argument that I made, right? Yes. And that was a big step for me because I came from they're wrong to this is really wrong. And then shortly after that, um, a woman, uh, her name is Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hope you watch. Hmm. Hi, Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth mailed me a copy of the whole homeschool curriculum, which is all 54 wisdom booklets. So the homeschool curriculum is, is, is a series of, they're called wisdom booklets, 54 of them. Each one is based off a verse of the Sermon on the Mount, right? So the first one, wisdom booklet number one, is of the verse uh, Matthew 5, 1a, which is, and then Jesus went onto the mountain and look down and saw the multitudes, right? Mm. Yeah. So then your science thing is about the eye. So like, so it's, all the academic subjects are extrapolated from the Bible verse, right? Anyway, so I had these for the first time in 20 years. I, I, I had a whole copy of them. They, they, they sat in my, they sat in my front, the front door, like by the front door of my apartment for like, four months. I just couldn't even bring myself to open the boxes. I just couldn't even. And I finally opened the boxes and I started looking at them and the thing that fucked me up more than anything has ever fucked me up was looking at them again for the first time because I realized they were calculated. I had thought before these people are just wrong. They're misguided. They mean well. Yeah. And then you look at it again and you, you, you realize how it's structured to make you doubt your own instincts and really? how it's structured I can to that. brainwash you and it's structured to, to break down your sense of self worth and your sense of confidence. I can believe that. So that you believe what they're saying and then you read their teachings about how there's no such thing as rape. And then you believe you read their you know you you look at you look at the you look at the drawings and the wisdom booklets like the wisdom booklet number one, one of the first exercises that you ever do well there's two things one of the first exercises that you ever do is there's a there's a whole sheet of women it's like six figure six like drawings of women mm -hmm. they have no faces right their faces are completely blank so it's everything hair everything else face blank right, mm -hmm. and what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to circle the parts of her that are slutty. Real and so you're sp like what 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 is she wearing that's drawing attention away from her face? And so the first ever exercise in my homeschool curriculum mm -hmm. is drawing circles on women's bodies to say this is where she's slutty. This and is you where seven. she's drawing. Yeah, this so is where you're, she's. You're obviously drawing on titties. <laughs> well, I mean, it's crazy things. Like, there's like a like a like there's like she has a dress on, but there's like a lace thing here, so it's like that's lacy. Yeah. Or it, the neck, the necklace is too long; it draws attention to her, like something. And so you're supposed and your to, parents like, were the ones that were teaching you this for homeschooling. Or no, was my it? parents didn't teach me shit, dude. My parents gave me a 
copy of the wisdom. Sorry, I didn't mean to be like, my parents had judged. Like, listen to me, you. That was what my parents <laughs> My parents didn't teach me shit. They, like, I never even had the answer keys. I can't even actually tell you what the correctly, what the correct slutty parts Where on those women. I can't water? even tell you which the correct ones are. Actually, I can now because I actually do have the answer keys. Someone mailed oh. them to me. But when I was a kid, I didn't even have the answer keys to them. Mm-hmm. I would just I would just do my school by myself yeah. and just guess. Just but guess. But this, this goes this what? goes back to our the question that we just oh, yeah. asked. Why your parents didn't create these booklets. Yeah. Right? So why do you think your parents knew that they were leading you astray? And I don't want to get too deep again, but obviously we're getting very deep. And, you know, like, this is what life is about. I'm curious because I've dealt with the same situation. Why do we place blame on the parents? Why? I don't know if my child is going to public school and is in the gifted and talented program, is at the top of their class, and the star of the school play. I'm probably not going to take them out of school to teach them how to draw circles around sluts without even an answer key. It's, it's, it's inherently abusive. It's inherent to whether, even, even if they're not conscious of it or not, they chose to take me out of school, isolate me, and have me be educated only on a homeschool curriculum created by a sexual predator. And the whole point of the wisdom booklets is to groom girls to be raped. So what happens is you you do the 54 wisdom booklets, mm-hmm. and you when you're done, guess what happens? What happens? You get betrothed to a man. No, you get sent to work for Mr. Gothard, of course. Nice. Instead of going to college. Nice. So you, when you were 17, when you left, were, were you assigned to be sent to... I would have never been sent to Mr. Gothard because we weren't rich enough. We couldn't pay Mr. Gothard to send me to him. Oh. So unless you're one of the unless you're one of the chosen. Uh, and I, well, you're chosen, which is a very specific, which is a very specific type. Mr. Gothard is a very specific type. It's girls who are five one to five four, blonde hair, soft curls, not straight at all. He doesn't like straight. I'm hair. sure I can find a scripture that that is the perfect woman. <laughs> he likes he likes soft he likes soft curls, very slim. With a slightly angular masculine face. No offense, mm. girls, if you're listening to this. I'm friends with a lot of you, so no, no offense. <laughs> but, like, if you, if you, I have a Trello board with a picture of every woman who's ever accused Mr. Gothard of sexual abuse. Yeah. And every single one of them could be a, co- like, like, farthest away a cousin. They all look exactly alike. Well, what happens to the young women that don't fit that mold but have that money for Gothard? They they go to the institute and they work for him for free. Okay. For so what happened is he, what happened is so he had about like twelve training centers mm-hmm. like Nashville, Chicago. Um, ugh, I'm blanking. Nashville, Chicago, Knoxville, uh, Oklahoma City. You know Moscow, Moscow, of course. Right. You know, all over. He had like fifteen training centers. And so rather than going to college, you finish the wisdom book, but you go work for him work for him, which is for free, at one of his training centers. So he has his training centers completely staffed by unpaid unpaid, unpaid employees who, for large parts, are they're doing a lot of uh, campaigning for Republican candidates. Oh, shit. So uh, Stephen, oh, I'm going to blank on his last name, damn it, former mayor of Indianapolis, Stephen Blank, who now works for de Blasio, is a, mm. is a deputy mayor actually for the work he was elected from his first position by uh kids who were in ati unpaid unpaid brainwashed cult members of ati that mr gothard enlisted to 
call and make campaign donations for him. So if you weren't lucky enough to be molested by him, you got to help elect Republican candidates and run his empire we, we, for we, free. We, we have to do a lightning round because we're, we're short so time. Sorry. And there are so many questions we still have, but we got to do a lightning round. Okay, so Trey, right. I'm going to give you two questions, and I've got like three myself. Okay. Um, okay, really quick. Okay. You left in 97. You said the straw that uh, broke, you were having an issue with the second pillar, which was authority. D does that sound about right? I always had a yeah, I always had a that. I, I had an arranged marriage. I, well, authority is, is your dad chooses your husband. And right. I, I didn't like my husband. They had arranged a marriage for you. Mm -hmm. You were betrothed to be married, and you didn't like it, and you left. Got it. That's pretty much it, yeah. Your parents were kicked out shortly after that. Yeah, because my brother got caught fornicating. Where are your parents now? Texas, I think. Are they religious at all? Yeah. But they're not... Is it a cult related to this? Because there are offshoots, I know. They're break-offs with cults. I haven't talked to my parents in such a long time. I don't, I so you don't know? I couldn't really say what their religious beliefs are now. Got it. Yeah. I don't think my parents believe in Jesus. I think my parents use Christianity to abuse and control mm. and manipulate. And I think there's a lot I, of... I, I would almost fight against that, and yet I know so many people who do do yeah, that. I, I, I still It still breaks my heart, though. Uh, like, I'm not a mediator between anyone. It, you know, just from a, a, just a pure, like, oh, this is my parents. I don't need to relate to them on a religious level. It's just, hey, mom, hey, dad, love you, bye. You can't even... That, that's not outside of the cards? It's, I mean, it's not, just, it's not just the religious stuff. The religious stuff was used to justify the things that they already wanted to do to me anyway. Oh, that's so you know, sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I think it's just ingenuous. My first memory, my first memory is being locked in a closet. That's my very first memory. Was this like, before the, the church? Before the church. Like, uh, like three or four. Like, my parents were abusive and they used, they used the church to, to justify that. Because were they abused? I don't know the answer to that. Mm. But was your brother abused? I not as much as I was. No. Wow. Was he younger or older? Older. Oh wow. My brother my mom thought my brother was like a messiah figure and so that my brother would become this like Billy Graham kind of person. Isn't this like, interesting? Open yeah. it, my like, mother also had in the cards for me to become a Billy Graham like figure. A lot you know, I've heard this from a I've heard this from a couple of people. Actually, it seems to be popular. Oh it yeah, seems the to sons. Have a popular, like absolutely delusion. Because I I've met somebody else who firstborn. I mean, you know, you 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 dedicate. My mom dedicated me to God. She she her previously living a life of you know led, being led astray, and she wanted to dedicate me to God, and she had aspirations for me to be a big time minister. Okay, so you just said firstborn, mm -hmm. which I think is so interesting because a huge thing in the IBLP world, firstborn. first principle design, is your birth order. Mm -hmm. Your birth order is like very, very important. important. So Mr. Gothard only molested secondborns. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. <laughs> Lightning round, and we and they gotta go. Should we ask a couple questions? All right, yeah, sorry, oh, Chewie. Uh, okay, uh, uh, one question. Unbelievable. So you said that you actually met Mr. Gothard last year. Mm -hmm. What circumstances were those? Very good. He was he was in court. He's being sued currently by thirty three 
well, not currently. He was being sued by 33 women who grew up in the homeschool program for sexually abusing when them. Did this, when did these cases start, by the way? Uh, it was filed in 2015. Right. It was dropped in 2008, April 28, 2018. The women unanimously decided, because of statute of limitations mm -hmm. issues and other things, that they were going to drop the lawsuit. Mr. Gothard countersued them for legal costs because he's a fucking dick. And so we were in Chicago to film this, to film the court hearing and kind of figure out what's going on. The court hearing got canceled randomly. Mm -hmm. It got postponed for a few months. It got po it was supposed to be in June. It got postponed in November. We were already in Chicago with cameras and everything. And I was Let's like, go meet dude. And I was like, what do we want to do? And I was like, let's just call him. Let's go to his house. Let's see what's up. Ooh, nice. Talk about it. What up. happened? I don't know if I can talk about it. We might have to cut this, but um, I I, I, uh, I don't know. I just called him on the phone. I said, hi, Mr. Gothard. My name is Brooke. I grew up in the program. And he was like, how lucky for you. Oh! And I said, I'm in Chicago today. Can I come over and see you? I just would love to meet you in person and talk to you. And he said, who are you with? Oh! And I was with my producer, the documentary, Amy, and... I said, I'm with my cousin, Amy. And he's like, two women? And I said, yes. He's like, are there any men with you? And I said, no. And he's like, you can come over. This is my address. Come over to my house. I didn't need his address. I had spent the entire night before that night smoking joints across the street from his apartment and like crying hysterically, mm -hmm. like just, or his house. I just sat there like smoke, chain smoking joints and just crying in front of his house the night before. Mm -hmm. So you knew where he lived. You I were knew ready. where he lived already. I was down the street when I called him. He was like, "Come over." And so we went and, like ate lunch. We went and ate lunch before we went over because we wanted him to think we <laughs> it was taking us a while to yeah. get there. We wanted him to know we were like right outside. And we're sitting in this like little tiny suburb of Chicago, like eating this awful food, and I was just like, "Holy crap! I'm gonna meet God in 15 minutes!" Like I couldn't, I couldn't keep that thought aside. Like, I'm meeting God. I'm meeting God in like 15 minutes. Like I, I just like I just couldn't even. And my poor friend Amy was just freaking out. Like every person that walked into the place we were eating at, she was like, "He's a spy!" <laughs> I was like, "No, we're cool. We're cool. We're gonna go what back. Happened, we got bro? it." We showed up at his house. He was really nice. He was so nice. He, They're always nice. He totally flirted with me. He totally... I know how to be... I was brainwashed to be his perfect woman from the moment I was born, or from the moment I was seven, the number 17. I know exactly how to present myself to him. He totally flirted with me, you know? Did you feel sexual feelings? Yeah. For him or from him? For him. Not for him. No, he's 84. Like, oh. He's, hey, he old. He's still flirting at 84? Yeah, yeah. Better he's going to live to be 100. Mr. God's going to live to be 120, he says. <laughs> it's that so young pussy. I don't we, know. It does. We, uh, we, <laughs> we, we stand there. We stand there in oh his my house. Jeez. And he was just talking to him. And, and we were just having a conversation. And it was so surreal. And I just remember looking at his tie, and there was this, like, you know, tie on, his full suit on, he wears a full suit every day. And there was, like, this little coffee stain yeah. on his tie. And I just remember just staring at it, just staring at it, and staring at it, and staring at it, and just thinking, why does God have a coffee stain on his tie? And it, it was this moment where, like, this whole lifelong, even the parts of myself that I thought had rejected it, like, still believed it, like... That, that delusion, that, that the parts of me that were hanging on to it still, like, dropped. Because he was just, like, a human being 
with a coffee stain on his tie. And it made me realize, like, if I had ever met him in person during the time I was a member of the cult, I maybe would have never fallen for it at all, ever. Like, it's so much easier to worship someone or to idealize someone when you don't have to deal with them being a physical, material, human body every day. Did you confront him? No, not yet. Interesting. So you sat with him. You you maybe not broke bed, bread with him, but you <laughs> talked to him. And then I, you, I got him. He gave me a bag of Skittles, which I have framed on my wall in my bedroom. And you just left. A, Did you ever tell him that you were a defector? No, I, I hinted at it a little bit. I told him, you know, I've kind of gotten away because I was wearing pants. You know, so he must have. Known. I, I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have like a dress. I didn't have the the clothes I should have. So I I, I just kind of said to him, I grew up in the program. I kind of get away from it. I've always loved you. And he 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 he's a narcissist. Did you film he any just, of this? I can't answer that legally. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Legally. Got it. Understood. Uh, Illinois has draconian. <laughs> Illegal camera recording laws. What are you talking about? Record somewhere? Never. Understood. Me? Me? Never. But he was like, come into my kitchen. He took me in his kitchen. And, you know, he's a sad little house. He's lived there his entire life. He was born in the house. He's 84 years old. He was born in the house. He still lives there. Sad life. He's a sad life, you know. And he, he took us back and he prayed. He... There's this fascinating moment. You'll love this, JC. He asked me and Amy if he could pray for something for us. And I, I was just like, can you, can you pray that, like, I'll, I'll find Jesus again? Because I thought that would be, like, a good thing. So can you pray I'll find Jesus again? He said, sure. And he asked, like, what Amy wanted to pray for. And she was so scared. <laughs> Goddess bless her soul. She was so frightened. She this. was not. She was not. She was not. We were, when we were going in, I was hyperventilating. She's like, we got this. This is great. It's great. As soon as we get in the house, I'm great. And I turned and looked at her, and her face she's just like white. And I was, just, I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to drag you into this. I'm so bad. So he asks her, and she's just like, uh, uh, uh. And I didn't know. I just I had to say, I wanted to help her. And so, like, I just, I just said the truth, which I should. Uh, I just said the truth. I said, she wants to have another baby. <gasps> But she she can't. And this, oh my god! And I felt awful, like for like revealing her. I just like in that moment, you're so on adrenaline. You're just like you oh know. I was just like choking the baby. And Mr. Gothard was like, "You're gonna have a spiritual baby, Amy." And he was like, "God told me." You don't have any more physical children, but you're going to have lots of spiritual babies. And I was like, I hope the thing that we use to take you down is one of her spiritual babies. Wow. Eh? You know? And then he prayed for us. So he prayed for me to find peace and for Amy to have another baby. And at one point, he's pray- I hadn't prayed in such a long time. Like, you, like, you're sitting there with somebody and they're praying out. Yeah. They're praying out. Like, when's the last time you did that? Someone's praying out loud and you're just sitting there. I hadn't done that in like 20 years. And he's praying for us. Mr. Gothard's praying for us. And I just opened my eyes. And his eyes were open, too. And he was, like, looking at my breasts. Nice. (laughs) And that's just, like, I'm just, like, well, yeah, you're a total fraud. Great. (laughs) Glad I had my childhood destroyed by you, you know? High five. We have to end. Yes, please. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, yes. Brooke, do you believe in God? 
I don't believe in a single masculine, uh, a single masculine version of divinity. I think that is the at the very root of why we have misogyny. I think that's at the very root of rape culture is this belief that there's a singular male god. I do believe that we are part of something very much larger than what we're experiencing right now. And I think that if we let go of all of our cultural training and all of our, the lies we've been told and all of our insecurities, we can really touch this like place of love and unity and connection, which is, I think, what we all are. I think we're all made of the same stuff and we're the same at, like at our intrinsic core, and that's what we have to get back to. But I don't believe in God. I, I used to be an atheist. I, I went from being a, a, a Christian to an atheist, and I was an atheist for quite some time. I spent a night in the loony bin, as all women do. Uh, oh. And one thing that the night in the psych ward will teach you is that, like, there's something bigger than you, you know? I, I laid in there that night, and I, I left, and I thought, you know, it, it doesn't even matter if anything that I believe from here on out is actually true, objectively true. I'm just going to believe whatever makes me feel the best and makes me the kindest and gets me through life. And it doesn't need to be true. It doesn't need to be actual, a fact, because I can't know that. I can never know what's actually true. So I'm just going to choose to believe that which makes me feel the best and is good to other people. And that's what I'm going to hold on to. And I think that's what I believe in and not God. I believe that you have some things that you need to get off your chest. <laughs> like a bra, right? The eyes of Mr. Gothard. 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 He's not get hard. He's got hard. Oh! <laughs> he's best dance. He's in his he's, 80s. He's best dance. He already done got hard. I feel so awful. I've talked to so many girls. He molested. I feel so awful. Oh, I'm like talking about this. Anyway, whatever. Uh, after well, this, sorry about we're going that. to come part. back. And, uh, and I want to hear from you. I want you to get the things that you have on your heart, weighing on your soul, and I want you to talk to them, talk them out with me. So we will be right back uh, with your confession right after this. <laughs> Greetings, my child. What brings you here today? Forgive me, JC, for I have sinned. Mm. How long has it been since your last confession, my child? I think the last time I confessed, we didn't have specific confession, but we did have to tell our pastor if we did really bad things, like masturbate. So I think since I was 16, you know, four years. <laughs> well, all right, my child, speak. What ails you? Everything. Tell Everything. me what happened. Oh, I don't know. I... I got drunk too much, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's funny, you you start off thinking, like, alcohol is your friend, and then eventually it becomes this thief, you know? It's this haze, this fog that overtakes you, you know? Mm -hmm. And you justify it to yourself. You say, I deserve this because I, I have a rough life. I haven't seen my parents in 20 years. I don't have a home. I don't have family. I don't have anything. I deserve this. 
But it, it it's not it's not the friend that you think it is. It's a it's a it's it's there to steal from you. It's there to steal your memories and your life and your sense of well being and your thoughts. And it's so weird to like grow up in, in such restricted environments, like not even being allowed to listen to music and suddenly being over binging on alcohol and drugs. It's a it's a very it's a very much a whiplash. And I feel like because the way I was raised was so conservative that I I don't necessarily know always when I've pushed things too far or when I maybe ha or maybe I'm exaggerating how far I've taken things. I I never really trust what I think or what I feel. I have to look back at every single thing, every single reaction that I have to every single thing that happens to me is filtered through this. Does this come from Mr. Gothard? Does this come from me? Or does this come from somewhere else? I have to look at every single every single thought I have has to be has to be criticized and 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 looked at. And sometimes that's that just gets fucking overwhelming and you just wanna Dream. My child, are you drunk right now? No. My child, uh, you must do 17 Hail Marys. 17? 17 and 6 Our Fathers. Can I yeah. just do 6 Daddies? You are dismissed, my child. And we are back. Uh, perhaps our most compelling episode yet. Yes. Je it's a lot of eye-opening stuff. Jesus. Or Mr. Goddard. Maybe we should say God. G Gothard. G Gothard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what an awesome uh, episode. Brooke, thank you so much for coming on the Thank show. you. Um, actually, Brooke, you've got a ton of things coming up, and people need to see more of mm -hmm. you. So tell the people, where can they find you? You can find me at unclebrook.com, U-N-C-L-E-B-R-O-K-E.com. I've got some stand-up there and a couple of other documentary videos. You can also check out my new podcast called Hashtag Me Too. It's a comedy podcast about rape culture. It hasn't come out yet, but Natalie Portman's already a fan, so you should be oh, nice. too. I know, it's pretty cool, right? And you have, uh, I believe you have a, uh, an upcoming revival of your uh, one-woman play. Yeah, I think I'll be doing my one-woman show, Growing Up Fundy, sometime in New York. Growing this, Up Fundy. Growing Up Fundy this nice. fall. I'd also like to take it on the road, so stay tuned and check out my website. I'm, if you'd like to see, you know, hear the whole story behind the things I've talked to you about tonight. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Chewy. Hello, I'm Chewy May. Um... <laughs> You could follow my website, ChewyComedy.com, for upcoming projects and upcoming um, show dates. Uh, Chewy May on Instagram and Chewy Comedy on Twitter. Yes. And this has been another amazing episode. We are saving lives here at Amen with JC Best. So please go to our Patreon and give me money so I can continue doing this great work and saving souls like Brooke who needs so desperately the Lord. So desperately. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with more great guests and more wisdom and more love and follow us at Amen with JC Bass. I've been JC. Have a good night.